Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, coming to you live from Canton, Ohio, the location of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Of course, the Hall of Fame game will be played tomorrow evening, Tom Benson Stadium, the Raiders and the Jaguars. We're here locked and loaded. We're going to have wall-to-wall coverage right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, excited about the people that I'm going to be running into around town. I'm going to be Johnny on the spot. I'm going to be on that grind and try to get as many interviews as possible, uh, bring as many uh, former Raiders possibly to the table, just all kind of different conversations I look forward to having throughout the course of the week as I'm here in Canton, Ohio, uh, all the way through uh, Sunday morning. and should be arriving back in Las Vegas at 7 a.m., on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, going to be here for quite a while, uh, bunkered down in this hotel room. Then, of course, we'll be at the media center as well, where the morning tailgate they'll broadcast live from tomorrow morning. Then JT the Brick, he'll actually be doing the pregame show, so he won't be uh, on his normal time slot from 12 to 2. He'll be doing the pregame show with Eric Allen leading into the game. Uh, Harry Ruiz will do the first hour of JT's show from 12 to 1. Then I'll take over from 1 to 3 o'clock and then pass the sticks on to JT and Eric, and then they'll pass the sticks on to Jason Horowitz it's a new play-by-play voice of the Silver and Black and Lincoln Kennedy, and then there'll be football. <laughs> Just like that, there'll be some football activities going on. Don't know who we're going to see out there, but don't even really care. Just glad to see some football activities going to be back. It's great to see the Raiders are in and around town enjoying and soaking up what's going on as far as being at the Pro Football Hall of Fame just when Wendy has been, uh, she's been our reporter all over the scene and I actually got a text on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Q, tell us a story about how you ran into Wendy at the airport and uh, it was real simple man, it was just, uh, I got off the plane uh, me and Jerry Robinson had been talking for a while and, and he uh, after he got his bags and it was so funny because I told him that my bag is always the last one to come down if it comes down at all because I've had that situation as well and it came down pretty late and then his his bag still hadn't come down and he looked at me and said man I feel like you I ain't gonna get my bag till after you and then his was really one of the last of the Mohicans like his bag definitely came down last so after that I said well are you going to get a rental he said no I got a car coming for me and so that was the end of our conversation and which was cool you know he went one way I went the other way so I'm walking to the to the uh, rental car shuttle uh, where, where you have to go and get on the little bus to head over to the rental car uh, area. And I'm sitting there, and I remember in my head that just when Wendy had said, hey, uh, you know, I'm going to get off the plane pretty much the same time as you, so I might see you at the airport. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. You know, I'm thinking that, you know, I'll, I'll run into her at some point because I always run into Wendy somewhere. It doesn't matter where I'm at. Uh, it doesn't matter what state I'm in or whatever. I always run into Wendy. So next thing I do, I look up, and here she comes. She has her bag, and she's walking up the sidewalk coming to the rental car uh, shuttle. And so uh, we sat there, we talked, we talked about the Raiders, talked about this upcoming season, and, you know, just being able to hang up. And that, that was the cool thing. And the, the, the other cool thing is that there's so many Raider Nation uh, representing already. And it's only Wednesday. I mean, it's going to be thick tomorrow, obviously, for the game. And then Friday and Saturday, it's really going to be thick. There's going to be a lot of uh, Raiders representing. Uh, former players are going to be here in town for the Cliff Branch celebration. Uh, one thing that uh, Jerry had told me was that um, he said Mark Davis made it real easy for all of us alumni to uh, be here. He said when I got the email, all it said is as long as you can get your plane ticket and get, get to Canton, Ohio, everything else is uh, taken care of. 
So all these guys had to do is worry about getting their plane ticket, and they were good to go. So I think that that's pretty cool. That's I mean, you know, when they say once a Raider, always a Raider, and that the Raiders take care of their uh, alumni better than anyone else, they truly mean that. You know, and just to be able to talk to Jerry and kind of get thoughts on Cliff Branch and, you know, I told him about talking to Van McElroy on the show before, and he was telling me about how hard he was uh, as a hitter and what a, a big-time player he was and just sharing some stories, right? And it's just it's always cool to hear those guys, you know, the, the older alumni talk about the game of football and, you know, talk about how it was when they were in training camp. And, you know, he was talking about being in Napa and, and watching, uh, you know, watching the, the different practices and saying, man, uh, I look at these practices that they have now because they've, they've talked them into the CBA. And I said, man, these guys ain't even practicing, man. You know, we had, you know, you know, it's always like the back of my day, we had this or we had that. He said, man, we had about seven practices, uh, felt like a day, you know, and, 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 and we had all these padded That's practices. That's the over-exaggeration of everyone when they say back in my day. Right, It's right. always to the extreme. Oh, yeah, like for we sure. had seven practices a day. Man, he's just, you know, hey, they were all padded practices. Like Lincoln, Lincoln said it the other day, right? They were all padded practices. There were no uh, not padding. So uh, it's just funny, man, just to see how things have changed from one minute to the next and one generation to another generation. But uh, he was ready to go, man. He was decked out in his uh, his Raider gear, had his Raider bag and everything. I mean, he was he was good to go. So uh, at some point, I'm sure we'll catch up with uh, one Jerry Robinson and uh, maybe bring it to the bring it to the airways. But uh, speaking of the airways, let's go out to the airways right now. Let's go out to the phone lines, as a matter of fact. Let's talk to our guy, Raider Dave. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, I've been listening to you about a year or so before you ever got that gig, and I know all about your travel woes and that dur- during that <laughs> period of time. And I was thinking after the Denver game of going to Vegas anyway. So you got to make me a promise, dude. You got to tell me what flight you're on so I don't get on it. <laughs> I know that's right, man. Hey, look, you know, you know, you've been listening long enough, man. I do not have good luck when it comes to traveling. <laughs> Is he gone? Oh, you hung up on him. See how you did? Why, why are you doing like that, Demond? He said it'll be real quick. I didn't know how long he wanted to go. Ah, uh, see how you are, man. We we had a good little rapport going, man. We had a good little rap. Unbelievable. That Raider Dave, that was Demond, man. He did you like that. I, it wasn't me. That was Demond, man. He did you dirty like the South, but it's okay. I will let you know what uh what plane not to get on, so you don't have any kind of issues like I do. And and so I don't know why. I don't know why they always uh you know follow me around. But they sure do. So uh, thank you so much for that call, my man. I definitely appreciate you. Now, want to get into this conversation I had earlier today when I was sitting at the airport yesterday, uh, saw the news and got the alert on my phone that the great Vince Scully had passed away. And, I mean, he was in the broadcast game for 67 years. I mean, this guy, uh, he was fantastic. And you don't have to be a Dodger fan to appreciate who he was and what he meant to broadcast. He went, I mean, just the way he told stories, some of the iconic games that he was a part of, uh, some of the iconic calls, even even the Kirk Gibson home run in 88 against my A's. You know, that, that pained me to my heart uh, to hear that call and see Kirk Gibson running around the, the bases, limping around the bases, pumping his fist, and me knowing that pretty much the, the series was already over after game one just because uh, Kirk Gibson took their soul, you know, took the A's soul in that game. But, uh, yeah, one of the best to ever do it, probably the best, matter of fact. There's not even a problem to be about it. The best to ever do it, Vince Scully. So he passed away, uh, and I reached out to my guy, John Morris. He's the current voice of the Baylor Bears. He's been doing it for quite a while. He's great at what he does, football, baseball, 
basketball, softball. I mean, it doesn't matter, but he's he's all over it. And I worked with him for a very long time, and I knew he you know, had a big-time affection for Vince Scully. I heard him telling stories on the radio about it before, so I wanted to reach out to him and get his thoughts on the passing of Vince Scully. So earlier today, I had that opportunity to catch up to John Morris. Joining me now on the phone lines to talk about the life and times and the greatness of Vince Scully, who we found out passed away last night, is my man John Morris, the voice of the Bears. And J-Mo, thanks for, for joining me this afternoon on Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's been a while since we talked, my man. Cute it has been. It's been too long, but it's great to hear your voice, and I'm great to be on with you. And uh, what a subject to talk about. I mean, there there's so many people. You could probably open up the lines, and everybody would have a very fond memory of the legendary Ben Skelly. Yeah, no doubt about that. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy because, you know, whenever things happen, like a passing of someone iconic, like a Vince Scully, your mind immediately goes somewhere. And I just immediately thought of you and Chris Allman when uh, I was at ESPN Central Texas and you were doing your show and you guys were talking about Vince Scully. And look, you do play by play and you've been doing it for a very long time, have plenty of awards. You're fantastic at it, but you always looked up and admired Vince Scully. And I just remember you telling the story of Vin on the show. And so I immediately thought of you when I when I heard of him passing. So just what did Vince Scully mean to you? Well, that's very nice, number one, that you thought of us. Uh, it, but there's so many people, you know, that would tell the same story, you know, that I, I have about him because any and every broadcaster I know just has the utmost respect for Vince Scully and what he did and how well he did it for so long. You know, this is a pretty bold statement, but I think he's the greatest broadcaster that ever lived. For sure. And and you know how I feel about Frank Fallon here right. in Waco. Yeah. And certainly he is, uh, you know, he's at the top of my list. But nationally, uh, I don't think you would get an argument of people, you know, saying that Ben was the best there ever was. And that's saying a lot. I mean, there's a lot of good, a lot of great broadcasters out there, but that just shows the universal appreciation and appeal of Vin Scully and his style. And he did it for so long, 67 years, you know, as the right. voice of the Dodgers made the move to the West coast with them when they came from Brooklyn and just how he endeared himself. I mean, you think about all the great players, uh, the Dodgers have had through the years and I'm not so sure Vin Scully isn't the most popular person associated with the Dodgers, you know, even given all those players just because of how good he was for so, so long a time. Yeah, I agree. And I've seen a lot of players, you know, put tweets out and, and saying how much they love and they're going to miss Vince Scully and what he meant to them. And so you're you're spot on. And the other thing, J-Mo, about this is you know that someone is great when you don't have to be a fan of that team to really appreciate and love right. the, 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 the play caller and Vince Scully. And that's the thing. I'm not a Dodger fan. Matter of fact, one of his great calls, and he had many of them, was Kurt Gibson beating my A's in the World Series <laughs> that game one but he's so fantastic and jmo it just it, it was like you know we always want and i know i do this as well want to be kind of the the story but he was so good at not being the story and letting the game be the story yeah that's very well said and, and he was so good at that you know telling stories and uh you know i've, I've been reflecting you know on, on his passing last night uh and there's some great videos out there uh, there's there's one story that somebody shared about old Dodger Stadium and um, 
you could hear uh, this was when people would bring their transistor radios to the game. <laughs> right. Okay? Yeah. That's kind of an old thought, you know, to, <laughs> to some people listening, but they would bring their radios and you could hear people listening to his broadcast sitting in the stands. And it, it just wasn't a complete experience unless you could hear Vin tell them what, what they're watching, you know, what they're sitting right. there watching. And part of that story was he, he would, get into a story and he would tell it and it might have a humorous ending and you could hear an audible uh response laugh from the fans at the sta- in the in the uh, stands <laughs> wow so uh think about that you know to have that type of universal appeal and you're right i mean people uh, who aren't dodgers fans i think uh, they know and appreciate and love ben uh certainly dodgers fans do the most but uh you know to be that universally appreciated and respected is just amazing. Yeah, no, it really is. We're talking right now with John Morris, the voice of the Baylor Bears here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And I thought it was kind of ironic and these things happen all the time and uh, they don't happen on coincidence either. But, you know, he, he retired after calling a Dodgers-Giants game and then he passed away during a Dodgers-Giants game being played, right? I mean, it's just – and, of course, that's the bitter rival of the Dodgers. And, and it's just like there would be no other way that he passes away but while the Giants and Do- Dodgers are playing up against each other. Like, I just thought that that was so perfect. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, and you're right. I mean, just the rivalry between the Dodgers and Giants both moved west, you know, uh, from New York and uh, the great rivalry through the years. Uh, somehow very fitting, isn't it? That, that right. that's uh, when uh, when he did pass away. How? What did you take away from Vince Scully? I mean, and, and I don't mean like mimic him because you I mean you just can't do that. But just from what he was able to do, you know, what did you pick up that you put into you know your broadcast? No matter if it's football, uh, softball, if it's basketball, whatever the case may be, whatever you're broadcasting, what did you take away from Vince Scully personally? You know, I, I think just uh, and it wasn't just from him. You know, I mentioned Frank Fallon. Yeah. If you're or if your listeners know him, he was the voice of Baylor for 43 years, just an iconic voice here. But, but there are some similarities because those guys were, uh, you know, doing games at the same time when radio was really king. You know, right. there weren't so many games on television. Radio was the way to keep up with your teams. And just how uh, personable they were and how uh, not just a great broadcaster, but great people they were you know i've never heard i don't think i've ever heard anybody say one bad word about ben scully right you know yeah and uh i don't know if that's the same for you and i <laughs> but for ben scully i mean that's it maybe it is for you but it's nah. not for me nah. <laughs> but but nobody said a bad word about him and how amazing is that to be that kind of a person uh you know and i think he stories are how gracious he always was and you know, and uh, how giving he was also. So just those type of things show that you can be in this business, which at times can be a cutthroat business, yeah. but you can be a good person and you can be a kind and generous person and you can be at the top of your game, you know, at the top of the craft. So I think that's a pretty good lesson for all of us to learn, you know, outside the booth, but how we carry ourselves and how we, uh, 
you know, represent the, the, uh, the teams that we're with and, uh, represent, you know, just the business of broadcasting. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're hundred percent right. And I think I learned that more and more each and every day. And of course I'm not in the booth like that, but uh, I definitely respect all that are, including yourself. You do a fine job as I've always told you, uh, with all the play by play that you do. And JMO, I don't think I've ever asked you what made you decide to get into broadcasting and wanting to be, uh, the voice of the Baylor bears or just, just even being, you know, a, a play by play voice in general. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I always liked broadcasting. I went to school at Baylor in Waco, Texas, and uh, majored in, in broadcasting and worked at a TV station for 15 years. <laughs> and I liked that. You know, there wasn't anything wrong with that. But when I, I think the real draw was being able to work with Frank Fallon when he asked me to do games with him starting in 1987, I said, absolutely, you know, because yeah. I just respect Frank that much. So that's what, and I'd done a little bit of high school uh, football games before that. You can't be in Texas, Q, and not, right. not do some Texas high school football. <laughs> right. So I had done that uh, for a few years, but then just the opportunity to work with Frank got me there, and then I succeeded him. I'll never make this mistake of saying I replaced Frank Fallon. Nobody replaces right. him, but I followed him in this job, and I've been doing play-by-play for Baylor since 95, so... Uh, it's just great. You know, I, I just think doing play by play is your, that's the center point. You know, that's where everything else in sports comes around the game. You know, the game's the thing. And then you've got talk shows and then you've got reviews yeah. and previews and, you know, post game interviews. But the game is the thing. And to be able to call it live as it happens, as it unfolds, uh, there's just no better kick than that. No, there, there really isn't. And, and like I said, that's that's one of those arts that is everyone can't do. You know, and we just had here in Las Vegas uh, with the Raiders, you know, Brent Musburger, the great Mus- Brent right. Musburger, he just stepped down. Uh, now the Raiders have a new voice in Jason Horowitz. But the funny thing is, J-Mo, people called in and would say, Q, you want that job? And I'm like, no, I don't want that job. There's, <laughs> I mean, that's, J-Mo, that job's not for everybody. I mean, and I try to tell people and explain to people how much preparation goes into that i mean all the work you do monday through friday to get to that saturday football game i mean that is a ton of preparation for you how much do you put how do you how much do you have to put into it to be prepared for a a game day broadcast yeah i I, the answer to that is every minute that i have you know I, i just prepare with every minute that i have leading up to the game and the art is to uh or the trick is to be so prepared that you, uh, you know, you just sound very uh, conversational on the air. And Brent was great at that. Brent Musburger was one of the best right. at that. And, uh, you know, what a great career he's had. And I know Jason Horowitz a little bit, and I think he'll do a great job also. But it's just, you know, you want to be so prepared that you can handle whatever happens on the field in front of you but make it conversational and, uh, and just be ready for whatever might happen because it's unscripted. You know, it's yep. the original uh, reality show. You know, sports <laughs> is. Yeah. You just don't know what's going to happen, and you just got to be prepared for whatever happens in front of you. Yeah, no doubt. Well, you do a great job of it, like I said, man, many times, and I've always looked up to you for all the work that you do on the radio, on the broadcast, everything you do, and, and then just being a great dude and being a good friend of mine as well. So uh, I definitely appreciate your time this afternoon, J-Mo. Just wanted to get your thoughts on Vince Scully and, you know, just the art of the, the broadcast, you know, the game broadcast 
the play-by-play. So uh, thank you so much for your time, my man. I definitely appreciate you. You, you know I love you, and I appreciate you having me on. And it's great to catch up. Enjoy Canton. That's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a the Hall of Fame. You don't go to it all the time, but uh, being yeah. here right now is fantastic. So I'll definitely soak it in. Thanks, Q. Appreciate it. There he goes right there, John Morris, the voice of the Baylor Bears. Uh, he's a good dude, man. That's a real good dude. He's a hard worker and is a guy I always looked up to uh, when I spent my time there in Central Texas and covering Baylor. J-Mo's a guy I got very familiar with and uh, got to know him. So I wanted to get his thoughts on Vin Scully as he's a guy, as you heard, he looked up to him in a major way and for every reason he mentioned. And then some Vin Scully was uh, – you know, at the top of uh, Mount Rushmore as far as broadcasters go. So, uh, you know, rest in peace to one Vin Scully. 423 is the time. We'll come back, get some more of your calls and texts. 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line 69187, keyword r This is Radio Nation Radio 920. And now, thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas, let's go back to Canton, Ohio, for more Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. You want to chime in? You want to pass a message along to the Branch family? What would you say to them if you had an opportunity? If you want to give us a message that we could pass along for you, we'd definitely uh, love to do that. Again, 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text sign 69187, keyword r Vegas Pete hit us up and said the Raiders are 3-0 and in the Hall of Fame game. McDaniels played his high school games there, so I expect them to try to win the game, not just treat it like it don't matter. Plus Q is there is there they don't want to let him down. Plus Q is there. oh. Plus Q is there. They don't want to let him down. <laughs> they ain't worried about me. <laughs> Trust me. They're not worried about me. But no, I do think that there is a a, a good chance that that uh, the Raiders win this game tomorrow. Again, not that wins or losses matter, but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing, and we'll get more into it tomorrow uh, during the show before he passes sticks on to JT and Eric Allen. But I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing how they execute, you know, how they look uh, as a unit, how they look as individuals, you know, if they're if they're where they need to be at this stage. Again, it's very early in the preseason, so uh, that'll be a couple things that I look forward to for tomorrow's game. So Vegas Pete, thank you so much for that text. Uh, got a text from the 925. Did you know Cliff Branch was an elite punt and kick returner in college? Yeah, thank you for that text. And, yeah, uh, we did know that. And that's what made him really a fourth-round draft pick of the Raiders, and he developed into a really good wide receiver. I mean, he wasn't that, that guy the first couple of years that he was in the league. And as a fourth-round draft pick, and I believe Trey Wingo pointed that out earlier in the show, um, maybe it was Trey Wingo. But uh, either way you look at it, it was like, man, uh, how, no, it wasn't. It was Frank Schwab. Excuse me. It was Frank Schwab from YahooSports.com. Uh, he, he pointed out, he said, man, any other fourth-round pick that didn't do anything the first couple of years in the league, they're looking for a new job. But the Raiders stuck with Cliff Branch, and Cliff Branch stuck to his grind and continued to get better and better and better and turned into the wide receiver that he ended up being, eventually ended up being, and now is going to be a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Uh, one more text from the 562. Oh, that's Vegas Pete again. Uh, he said, uh, I, L.A. was spoiled. They had Vince Scully and Chick Hearn for decades. Raiders had Brent Musburger for a few years. So these type of guys need to be, uh, these type of guys need to be cherished. Uh, that's, again, going from Vegas Pete talking about uh, the life and times of Vince Scully. And you're right, man. L.A. did have some of the elites of the elite, right? Uh, so there you go. <laughs> but Vince Scully, no doubt about it, was the guy. And, uh, you know, he's he's obviously the voice of the year. He was. He was the voice of the Dodgers. Uh, you don't have to be a Dodger fan. I'm not a Dodger fan at all. Never was a Dodger fan, but still appreciated what Vince Scully brought to the table. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick and talk to our guy, Alan in Vegas. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, Q. 
Uh, your boy Trey brought up a very fascinating point that nobody thinks about. We think of the Raiders in the 70s on defense, Atkinson Tatum, not playing to defend, but defending, tackling, and hitting to blow receivers' heads off, right? But every DB in the league at the time was doing the same thing. They were hitting hard, and Cliff Branch beat every one of them multiple right. times. He, I mean, the definition of a deep threat, I and mean, he was it. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for the thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you, and you're right. Uh, you know him and uh, uh, Bullet Bob Hayes. They really really start changing the game as far as the deep threat. And of course, Cliff was able to win three rings. You know, the only three rings in franchise history. Think about that. Cliff was a part of every Super Bowl team that the Raiders had that that won. All three Lombardis that they hoisted up, Cliff Branch was a part of that. You know, and it just kind of shows you how important he was to that team. It shows you why uh, the Raiders and John Gruden went out and got a guy like, like Henry Ruggs when they went and drafted him because they wanted him to be what? Their version of Cliff Branch. Now, obviously, that didn't work out in, uh, in the Raiders' favor the way that everyone thought he had an opportunity to, to shake out. But you see why they went and made the move they, that they made. And then you see uh, the move that they had made before that when they went out and got A.B. and thought that they could, be, uh, they could go and get Devontae Adams but get him in A.B. Well, you can't. So now <laughs> the Raiders have Devontae Adams in Devontae Adams, and he's not a knucklehead like Antonio Brown. So at least you feel good about what he's going to be doing and the fact that he's going to be a big-time leader and he's going to stay out of trouble and he's going to help lead this team to where it needs to go along with Darren Waller and also Hunter Renfro. So, uh, yeah, I think that the Raiders are, are hitting on all cylinders right now, clicking on all cylinders. Uh, they're getting some really good players, and they're just trying to put it together right now throughout the course of training camp this offseason and obviously heading into the preseason, which gets underway tomorrow versus Jaguars here in Canton, Ohio, at the Hall of Fame game. Uh, DeMond, who'd you say is up next, my man? We got John in Orange County. John, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's up, brother? Uh, what's up, Raider Nation? Uh, First-time caller, long-time listener. Started from the podcast. Now, man, my, uh, I just really uh, appreciate you giving us insight every day in and out, man. You, you do a great job, and, uh, yeah, man, I just really appreciate your work. But, uh, man, I'm just uh, – I've been kind of out of the loop because I'm new, new job with the Raiders and stuff. Uh, uh, but, man, I'm just excited just really to get football back, man. Been hungry uh, to see what uh, McDonald's does with our new offense. And uh, just a question, man. Uh, what, what, uh, what preseason week do you really think we're going to see? Because I know McDonald's and a lot of coaches don't really show what they're going to be doing or, you know, they keep a lot of packages hidden and stuff. But when what we do, do you think we're going to see a bit more of what we're going to have to offer – uh, offensively, being running game or passing game, because we, we already know we got a four-court threat on the wideout section, and then we got, uh, we, you know, we got some uh, possibly pack, special package running backs. Um, so that's question number one. And uh, question number two, uh, how do you think or where do you think our defense will rank uh, this year? I mean, one uh, top top ten or, or something. Uh, I, I know it's a kind of – our defensive corner is brand new and everything like that. But uh, where do you see us going, man, moving forward? I really appreciate the show. Raider Nation, let's go. There he goes, man. Definitely appreciate the call. Thanks so much. And I'll say this. Um, for, as far as the defense goes, you'd want it to be, and we say this like every year, you'd want it to be at least top 15. I think you need to, t to aim for top 10, though. You know, you really do. You need to go ahead and give them an opportunity. And the reason I say that is because the division is so tough in the AFC West this year that there's going to be a lot of points scored. So if, if one team in the AFC West can have a defense that I'm not going to call it elite, 
But if it's can, it could be a really strong defense, that team's going to have an opportunity to win the division. Uh, the Chargers went out and addressed a lot of different areas on defense, so you've got to feel like that they have a pretty good uh, chance to be that defense. But uh, the Raiders, they, if, they, if they're corners that are very uh, – I don't want to say inexperienced because they got some years under their belt, but they are, you know, they don't have the consistency. If they, if those corners can step up and play at a higher level and that defensive line does what we expect it to do, uh, this Raiders defense could be pretty special. So it uh, should be interesting. As far as the preseason game, which one I think you'll start to see something, I think it's going to be preseason game number three. I really do. I think that you'll see uh, very little tomorrow. Uh, I think the, against the Minnesota Vikings you'll see – a little bit more, you might see a starter for a rep or two, uh, but on thir- uh, not on Thursday, but on that that preseason game number three, I think you'll see a lot more, uh, maybe at least uh, a quarter, a quarter and a half, as far as uh, you know, as far as guys that you're looking at to go out there and play. I do think that that's how it's going to shake out. But again, this is a re- new regime, and so we're all still getting to know these guys and their tendencies. So uh, thank you so much for that call. I appreciate you. Let's hustle back out to the Raider Nation listener line, talk to our guy Raider Rock from Seoul, Korea. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Raider Rock? What's up, Q? Um, just uh, I, I don't know if you remember, but I, but I told you I, I grew up in L.A. Yeah. So as, uh, as your earlier text, uh, you know, text had mentioned, I grew up listening to both Chick Kern and uh, – in Scully, so it is a it is a sad day, but but I was, I'm very appreciative um, of the fact that I I got to uh, learn sports in the U.S. when I first landed from two of the greats. So, right. so uh, rest in peace. Um, the point that I well the 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 point that I wanted to make was I don't care what the level of football is, or I don't care who's playing. I'm just happy to have some real live action on the radio. You know what I mean? It's been a very long season, and, and it's also very exciting to have the anticipation of this new regime and, and you know, about the tendencies and, and kind of hearing and, you know, for me, most likely hearing, you know, how the plays are being run and, and, and trying to guess how the team will play um, going forward. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, there he goes. Good call, Raider Rock. Appreciate you, my man. And hopefully your new job at Nike is going really well. Man, I ain't forgot about that either. So, uh, yeah, good stuff, though. And, uh, yeah, man, a, a great play-by-play guy. You can always tell a great play-by-play guy because you can picture everything that they're talking about. You know, and I always mention growing up listening to Greg Papa and how great he was and uh, what really made me fall in love with what he was able to do just because I was able to picture every single thing that he was out there uh, saying when uh, when the Raiders were out there on the field. So I could definitely uh, appreciate that. Good stuff right there, my man. It's good to hear from you. And you can keep those calls coming, 702-365-9200. Again, 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. You had a message that you could pass along to uh, the Cliff Branch, the Branch family. What would it be? You know, uh, just what would you like to tell them as they're preparing to enshrine the late, great Cliff Branch into the Pro Football Hall of Fame coming up on Saturday. Go ahead and feel free to hit us up. I'm trying to make sure that there was nothing that I didn't get to. Mailman Raider said, Raider Nation, one of these days we're going to see Q and the Snakes in a Plane sequel, but in real life, <laughs> that's that's funny. Yeah, that could uh, that could happen. You never know. That definitely could happen. Um, let me see if there's any ones that I, I don't want to make sure I, I pass. No, I think I got them all. Good stuff. I got them all. All right, Damon, let's go ahead and jump into uh, Cover 3. We've got a few little nuggets that I want to get to real quick. Here's Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. 
It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Obviously the biggest news of the day, the NFL appealed to Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension. We talked about that quite a bit. Uh, the NFLPA now has two business days to respond to the league's appeal of Robinson's decision, after which Goodell or his designee would respond with the final written decision. So uh, there you go. There's going to be uh, – It's going to. I feel like there's going to be a long, drawn-out process. We'll see uh, what happens and how it all shakes out, but – it looks like it's going to be some kind of mess going on with Deshaun Watson. If anyone remembers Zeke Elliott, if anyone remembers Tom Brady and their whole uh, scenario and how long that took to get going, uh, I think Deshaun Watson is going to be very similar to that as the NFL now has filed appeal. And apparently they're looking for an indefinite suspension, which is apparently a year. And they're looking for a big-time fine as well. And so I don't know exactly what that fine is going to be or when that fine is going to take place, but they're looking to have a lot more than what you know, um, Judge Robinson said the other day when she basically said that Deshaun Watson was pretty, I don't want to say guilty of what he did. I mean, they basically found everything that uh, you know he was accused of doing. They found that he did, you know, and and she still only only suspended him six games because she said it wasn't violent, it wasn't act, act of violence. So, uh, you know, there's I guess there's so many different ways to to look at it, but. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how this one shakes out. It's going to be very interesting. Also, Cardinals wide receiver Marquise Hollywood Brown. He was arrested and charged with criminal speeding on Wednesday morning. Uh, the Arizona Department of Safety spokesman Bart Graves confirmed that Brown was arrested at 7:05 a.m. in North Phoenix and uh, booked into the county jail. That's per the AP. And of course, he's part of now the Arizona Cardinals as they made the trade for him on draft day, uh, getting him out of Baltimore and hooking him up back with his uh, college quarterback in and Kyler Murray. So uh, Hollywood Brown got arrested, but uh, he's going to obviously get away with uh, whatever. He's just going to, you know, what's a misdemeanor? It's a class three misdemeanor punishable by 30 days in jail or a fine up to $500 and or up to a year of probation. So he'll get, you know, a little fine of $500. He'll get a little probation and he'll be fine. Just out there speeding, doing the, doing, doing the most, going a little bit faster than he was supposed to be going. And uh, that happens when guys have uh, these big high power cars they uh they tend to do stuff like that. How about this? Saints rookie offensive lineman kicked out of practice. Uh, Trevor Penning and defensive uh, tackle Malcolm Roach were both kicked out of practice Wednesday afternoon with the Saints after uh, tempers led to a little bit of a fight, a little bit of a skirmish against plenty of different teammates. A teammate came in and shoved Penning after the initial issue between him, him and Roach, causing at least 10 other players to come in from the sidelines and join the fray. Saints head coach Dennis Allen loudly addressed the team when practice concluded, said he plans to talk to both Roach and Penning before practice on Thursday. And he said, and they quote, we don't want, we don't have time for that. I sent two guys in today and we've got to get our work done. We've got to learn as a team how to compete and how to play and how to practice and how to push ourselves to the limit, but yet not take it over the edge. So that was from Dennis Allen, the Saints head coach now, who's taken over for Sean Payton as a couple guys got kicked out of practice on Wednesday. Uh, and final little note here, a little nugget for cover three NFL news and notes of the day. The Cowboys signed linebacker Anthony Barr. Uh, he was down to the Cowboys and the Broncos. In the end, Dallas get, got it done. And if you remember, Anthony Barr was the ninth pick in the 2014 draft. He earned four straight Pro Bowls with the Vikings from 2015 to 2018. 17 and a half career sacks as well, along with eight forced fumbles and 39 tackles for losses. So 
Uh, Anthony Barr teams back up with the uh, with the Cowboys, and there's a couple different coaches on that staff that he's very familiar with. So it feels like he'll be a good fit there in Big D. But I have no doubt about it that Anthony Barr still has plenty left in the tape from that linebacker position. I know some of Raider Nation had chimed in, sent text messages in, or even called in and said, "Hey, the Raiders need to give a look to uh, Anthony Barr." Well, it doesn't matter now because he's headed to Big D to play with the Cowboys. Uh, one more text and we'll take a break. Uh, this is a funny one. Q, if you need a Jerry Robinson interview from the plane ride to Ohio, I have it. When you were talking to the stewardess, I was able to get a five-minute interview with Mr. Robinson. Can I have DeMond's job now or apply for it? Sincerely, the five-year-old kid who was sitting behind you who was also kicking your seat while eating cold fish. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. So there you go. Sir Whiskey Ray is gunning for your job, DeMond. So I'm going to hold him off as long as possible, but he's gunning for your job, brother. All comers. I'll take them all. <laughs> you'll take them all or you'll invite them all to take your job? Well, you know, however, however to say it, but, you know, trying to be polite, but I'm not worried. <laughs> I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad. We can't we can't let DeMond go that fast. We can't let you go just like that. Uh, no, but I think that uh, we'll get Jerry Robinson on the show at some point this week, I do believe. Uh, we'll see how it goes, and, and I should end up somewhere where he's at sooner rather than later. And if I, if that happens, then uh, we'll have him on the show. So uh, thank you so much for that text. I definitely appreciate you. 4.43 is the time. We'll come back. Hear what Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com, what he had to say about – the game tomorrow night. I do a show with uh, with Lee every single morning called Locked On Bets, and he actually gave this game out as the lock of the day. We'll let you hear what he has to say about the Raiders and the Jaguars preseason game number one going on at Tom Benson Stadium right here in Canton, Ohio. We'll do that next as we close out, close out the show. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. And now, thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas, let's go back to Canton, Ohio, for more Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. ...that I wanted to make sure I pass along, and thank you, Demond, for pointing this out. Saf at WV underscore Raider says, Raider Nation Radio 920, Q, where are you going to be broadcasting from tomorrow? Would love to say hello tomorrow at the Hall of Fame game. Haven't heard the whole show today, but did you see the Renfro Uber video? Hilarious. Love your show, bro. That's from Saf. At WV underscore Raider, uh, you hit us up at R&R 920 AM. Uh, thank you so much for that tweet, my man. And, uh, yeah, tomorrow we'll be at the Media Center. It is right behind Tom Benson Stadium, like right right where the Media Center is. If you walk through the other door, you're walking basically right into Tom Benson. It's right inside a school, and we'll be there broadcasting. And the morning tailgate will get us started, and then I'll follow that up. Uh, like I said, Harry Ruiz will do one hour of JT the Brick Show, and then I'll be on from 1 to 3 tomorrow. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, and then pass the sticks on to JT and Eric Allen as they'll do the pregame show. And then Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy will will take over and uh, call the game, the very first preseason game of the season. So, yeah, tweet at me, man, at your boy Q254 at R&R at R &R 920 AM, and I'll try to definitely catch up with you. I know there's a lot of folks here that's hit me up and said they're going to be around, and I would love to be able to meet and greet with as many uh, Raider fans as possible. So uh, you know how it gets, though. We start moving around, moving and shaking, man. Everything starts – uh, I don't want to say going to hell, but it's just like so much stuff is going on. It's hard to catch up with everybody, but I'll definitely do my best. So, I do, like I said, appreciate the tweet. Uh, got another text. Big Dub Raider on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. As a lifelong Dodger fan, 37 years old, I grew up on Vin Scully and now a huge baseball fan because of him and my grandpa. Rest in peace, Vin. Go Raiders and yeah there's a lot of uh, big time Vince Scully fans out there obviously there's a ton of Dodger fans as well but I mean just Vince Scully in general just absolute greatness 
absolute, no doubt about it, you know, drop the mic greatness. And uh, I thought it was very fitting that he retired when he was calling after he called a Dodgers and Giants game, and then he passed away while the Dodgers and Giants were playing last night. So that's just kind of how it goes, and that's, that's the way that, you know, if, any, if you could have asked him how he'd want to go, that's how it'd want to be with the Dodgers and Giants squaring up against each other at the time. So thank you so much for that text, my man. Definitely appreciate you. We've had a ton of feedback so far on today's show uh, and as we're getting ready to wrap things up. But a lot of good, great calls, a lot of great texts, uh, some tweets as well. So we definitely appreciate that. Uh, got plenty to, to bring to you the rest of the week as we're here in Canton, Ohio. Again, shout out to Subaru of Las Vegas that helped us get here. Uh, we definitely appreciate them. Uh, before we get out of here, though, I did want you to hear from my tag team partner, Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. We do a podcast every single morning called Locked on Bets. I actually did the podcast this morning from the little kitchen area here at the hotel that I'm at because our room wasn't ready uh, yet. So I was uh, I said, hey, let me just go ahead and set up shop. And I set it up in the kitchen area, and I just did the did the show from there. But uh, the lock of the day that we had today, and what the lock of the day is, is just that. You know, it's the lock of the day. It's the one he feels the most confident about. He gives it a certain level lock between one, two, and three. And uh, today, he the lock of the day was tomorrow's Hall of Fame game between the Raiders and uh, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So uh, I believe that the Raiders are uh, a, p- a point and a half favorites right now. But here's a brief little conversation. You'll hear me kind of tee it up, and then you'll hear Lee speak on tomorrow night's game. The Raiders minus one and a half versus Jags. Break this one down for us, Lee. Yeah, so there's a little bit. Now, remember, a little bit. Tempered enthusiasm with even the Jacksonville fans. Uh, they added Evan Ingram and receiver Christian Kirk. So they're passing. Again, their offense could be a little bit better. But I- I'm really worried about this offensive line. It's a huge, huge hole for them even entering the 2022 season here. Um, obviously, we know we're not going to see – you know, Trevor Lawrence, we're not going to see Travis Etienne playing for him here. And what I do when I handicap preseason, I first look at how a coach, how their mindset is entering games. Like, look at Baltimore. Baltimore's record is insane in preseason of the last seven, eight years. And I, I just don't see Jacksonville having, I obviously like to win the game, but they're not going to go into this game, in my opinion, with the same type of mindset that we're going to see Josh McDaniels here and the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders going to this game. He's from the Bill Belichick coaching tree, which means he's going to take this game seriously. Uh, so coaching, number one, you want to look at the mindset of the coach and how he's going to prepare his team and also which players he's going to play. Now, for Jacksonville, their top two quarterbacks are out. So they're going to play. Listen to this. This is, I mean, they're in trouble. Jake Luton is going to start. With Kyle Sloter taking over, he was playing uh, in the USFL. I mean, <laughs> this guy was playing in the championship game a couple weeks ago, so he can't know the system that well. On the other side, you've got you're going to have Nick Mullins. Uh, he'll be ready. Does a nice job as a backup, and Jared Stidham, who knows the system from playing uh, for McDaniel's for many seasons. So this is a great situation here for the Raiders. They have more depth here. Uh, and I just think that they're going to overwhelm in the end. I think we'll probably see a sack in this game, maybe with Jacksonville down three, seven, eight points. So I'm going to lay the one and a half points here. I'm going to take the Las Vegas Raiders here over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Level two lock in the game tomorrow night. 
There it is right there. So that was Lee Sterling earlier today talking about uh, the game tomorrow night between the Jaguars and the Raiders. Of course, you can hear that game right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Lincoln Kennedy, Jason Horowitz will be on the call. Very excited just to see football activities. But, uh, yeah, he he just broke down why Jacksonville's not going to win the game. And uh, if you're trying to place some money on the game, uh, why you should place it on the Raiders. Not that, you know, wins and losses matter unless you're doing exactly what Lee's just talked about, and that's putting money on the game. That's the only time that a preseason game is going to matter ever right is when there's some money on the line and I think it's silly and I think it's funny to try to uh, bet on a preseason game but obviously there's people out there that do it and you know I guess it doesn't matter if you're winning money if it's preseason if it's regular season if it's postseason what it is uh, a game is a game if you can win some money on it so uh, Lee is telling you take the point in the half right there the Raiders are going to get it done and he gave you every reason why so I thought it was pretty interesting I thought I passed it along before we got out of here on today's show. But uh, many thanks again to Subaru of Las Vegas. Definitely appreciate them. Many thanks to everyone who's chimed in on the show today talking about the late great Cliff Branch and what kind of message they send, send along to his family if they had that opportunity. Uh, shout out to all the Raider Nation that's already here in Canton, Ohio. And shout out to all the Raider Nation that's on their way to Canton, Ohio. Also, Gangster Raider, thanks so much for sending that ticket to the game. I got it. I'll make sure someone gets it, and I'll definitely make sure you get a T-shirt or something from the Hall of Fame. And, again, that's really good looking out right there by uh, wanting to pass that along to somebody so they can be fortunate enough to go and be in attendance of the game. And who knows, that might be the only game that they get to go to all year long, and uh, that was courtesy of you. So thank you so much for that. Uh, we've got We've got uh, Upon Further Review with Eddie Pascal's coming up next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, him and Jesse Merrick do a really good job, so make sure you tune in for that. And then the morning tailgate with uh, Vinny Bonsignor and Heidi Fang live here in uh, Canton, Ohio. Clay Baker's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studios. Yeah, they're going to be waking you up from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. So make sure you tune in. Thank you for everything, Raider Nation, and thank you to Subaru Las Vegas. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Good night. <laughs> 